Calm it's down. bear base! I know. Yeah. Fuck! Fuck! Ah, it burns so fucking bad! That's in there. Bear base to the eye! Straight to the eye! Okay. Help! He got me right in the eye with bear base. Keep streaming. I got it. Keep streaming. I am. I got it, mate. My face is burnt, too. You gotta get him out of here. No, I can't even look. I can't even Keep streaming me. Someone. I'm, I'm streaming. So get someone to stream me. I got yeah, it. We got I got it, Bakes. Okay. It's Rick Wright right here. I got okay, it, okay? What is my people saying? Uh, Alright. Damn, that sucks. Milk. I need more milk. Bakes, it's just more it's gonna hurt for a second. Hey, man. TC and Jake. Jake, do you have any questions about the new Borat? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, this is really only like kind of jumped off in the past couple hours, right? Well, for some. Oh, you've seen it, huh? I watched it yesterday. That's very impressive. I imagine you can't uh, you can't say how. Uh, no, I can. Uh, it's it's the same. You remember? Uh... My thing a couple, uh, probably like a year and a half ago, two years ago, with the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I, uh, it's the same way that I talked to uh, Kamel Nanjiani. At one point, I tried to book a guest mm. for the guest booking league. I did not book the guest, but the uh, PR firm I was attempting to book through just like added me to their list permanently. So I get all kinds of emails about movies I do not care about. And then about once a year, uh, they say, do you want to watch Borat a week early for free? And I say, yes. And, uh, but I always tell them, like, in the email, I'm like, yes, I would like to talk about this on the podcast. Please send screener now. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Never, never heard that Kumail interview. Uh, it was on there. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> I don't recall you being, uh, fixated on the big sick, but, uh, I put it on the, the movie podcast. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I released it. It's not hiding. Um, <laughs> so, I guess my general thought on it going into it was like I was prepared to be really underwhelmed. Fair. Just because, you know, for a five-year run there, I probably would have ranked the Ali G show and the Borat movie as like the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. No, I mean, the, it was the, the first my standard Borat. DVD viewing I'll in bet. the house on through college for sure. Uh, I I had the experience. Of, it, it came out while I was uh, in Italy studying in school, and uh, so there was constant talk. Like every time I called my family, it's all my dad would talk about. I swear to God, dude. Like I'd be like, "How's Daniel doing?" He's like, "Well, he hasn't seen Borat yet." Uh, and so, so I was aware of it, but you know, in Italy, Borat's in Italian, so fuck that. Uh, and then for, uh, for Thanksgiving, I went to Ireland and, uh, I swear to God, it was the first time I was in an English speaking country, uh, in, in that time. And so I, uh, I did not put my bags up. Like the bus dropped me off in front of a movie theater. Like if you take the bus from the Dublin airport into the city center, it drops you off in front of a movie theater. I just walked in the theater with my bags it was like, when's the next bore at? <laughs> it was fucking That's amazing. Phenomenal. Um, Who would have thought that Tom was so stoked on Borat? He'll he'll get he'll get like that every once in a while. He he if, if he finds like a, a comedy nugget that he is partial to, he uh he holds on to it tightly. Did you call him right afterward? <laughs> yeah, I mean we certainly talked about it. Yeah, I let him know. In your eyes. Yeah, let him know. I I I have seen it now. 
So I guess I was a lot more excited when I thought it might be a, a series because I don't know. I I guess I figure you can maybe do different characters like on the show again. You know, and I didn't really think that his Showtime show was bad. I just didn't think it was very good. It was fine. There were definitely some parts that I I laughed out loud at. Yeah. yeah but overall, it, it, it it was I was reminded of that experience here because, you know, it like he had premier bush jokes in the first one, but it wasn't like the fixation whereas, you know, surprise surprise, it is the fixation now. Um and that just makes it a little weirder to me, like especially whenever they're playing on like whenever it's like a look how dumb feminists are, like I I guess that's its own kind of problematic, but like um I don't know. The the feminists are not expressing hate, I guess is is the line I'm drawing there. Whenever you have people who like are nakedly expressing hate, like laughing at like it's so funny they hate all those Jews. Uh that's uh that's 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 not a uh a feeling I'm entirely comfortable with. Like the uh they I mean, the funniest sketch from the Showtime one is like also the one that gives me the most like problems of like, boy, I'm laughing pretty hard at this, but this is fucked up. We talked about it whenever it came out. The but mosque. the uh, yeah, the Kingman Mosque in Kingman, yeah. Arizona, <laughs> um, <laughs> where the people are like, yeah, like the guy in the thing says, like the blacks are lucky we let them live here. We're not going to take no Muslims. Yeah, um, and those guys, those people are like physically shaking. Yeah, yeah. In the the zoning and planning meeting. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it is is who the the foil is, but I mean, even a lot of the stuff like Borat was joking about, you know, like I think of the James Broadwater sketch uh where he's campaigning. Like the only foil there is um, you know, the backwardness that doesn't even really exist that like he created a thing that he's making fun of, which is the character from Kazakhstan. Like the lady who's like, I think I should be able to vote. And he says, what? (laughs) Like (laughs) he's not making fun of her. Yeah. He is making fun of a backwards idea that is it's made up. Like people in Kazakhstan are not really like that. But if he's making fun of people who really are like that and they're people that, you know, you see whenever you just go to the grocery store, it's probably a lot weirder. And the other thing too, you know, and I think this is a pretty standard take of what I've seen in the lead up to this is just, man, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of everything. And in 2006, it was like, well, yeah, you know, there's bad and wars and stuff going on, but it was still like kind of new and exciting to make fun of society to me Mm -hmm. in the way that he was. And now it's like, Shit really isn't a joke anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, like... It's every day, all day, you know? Both in a general sense, it's it's played out, and, like, in the specific sense of, like, oh, you have more jokes about Jews, huh? Like, or even more jokes about the president. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. I mean, I, I know, and this is very ironic, because I want to play a video I've seen a thousand times for you in a minute, which is a, a President Trump impression, but... It's just not, it's, it's all day, all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm beaten by it. The the thing that we've been asked uh, specifically no fewer than four times today to uh, to comment on is definitely the big thing from the movie. Like you you know it's it's the yeah. climactic scene. It's like what it's building towards. And uh, I don't know. I I, I want to be like uh, as vague as possible because I think that all of you deserve to watch it in a spoiler free environment. But uh, I also want to acknowledge that uh, the rest of the internet is not cooperating in this. So if you haven't seen the stories about it, then, you know, hopefully you won't be learning too much from me, but there are just a ton of stories. And I guess I remembered once I saw him in there, like halfway through the movie, I remember there was stories where Rudy Giuliani at the time acknowledged like, yeah, they talked to me, but it didn't get me. Um, Yeah. I remember that as well. Which uh, is its own, like once you see it, like that's pretty dark. And that's, that's the whole thing of like uh, that. This is the, the moment in the movie that most embodies like the, this is hilarious, but if I think for two seconds about why it's hilarious, it's like tremendously fucking depressing, because it's uh you know he he has a, he has a daughter in the film, um she is in the movie portrayed as fifteen. I would say it's pretty clear the actress isn't fifteen, but she's also not Rudy Giuliani's age. You know she's someone who could conceivably be fifteen in a movie. I think uh, she's twenty four. Okay, okay. Which, you know, you know, legal, but, uh, um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's the, like the thing from start to finish, there's a screenshot that's circulating. That's certainly the most damning thing where like, uh, I I don't know. It's, it's really kind of something you have to watch for yourself because the, I don't feel like the screenshot fully captures exactly how fucking creepy it is. But like Rudy Giuliani is is coming on to this fucking you know in the movie she's fifteen in real life she's twenty four but like he met her you know seconds ago she's interviewing him and and he is like like I don't know it, you know a lot of times they have to like coax the subject right like get him to uh, like work a little hard to get him to say something crazy or whatever but like Giuliani right, you're worried into this. you're worried that there's like a weird edit <laughs> yeah no this is like just pretty clear in my view that he's uh he's he's definitely trying to fuck that 24 year old and it's it's in the creepiest way possible and uh so whatever it it did make me go back and look at the the quotes that he had of like you know they get a lot of people but they didn't get me i think that that means that like he thinks they were trying to have him catch him on camera having sex and like, hey, we didn't end up having sex, so uh, Rudy wriggled out of this one scot-free. <laughs> I, that's, uh, you know, maybe there's another way of seeing that, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's wild. I mean, I, I recommend watching it, you know, just, just fucking for that, like, if nothing else. Because the, the first half is definitely, like, a bunch of jokes that we're already pretty familiar with because this character's been around for a while and you know the bit. Uh, but it, it ramps up from there. It's interesting when you talk about Rudy and then you kind of compare and contrast him with the president. I would say that I would say Rudy's 20 year turn has arguably been like worse because the president is kind of the exact same as he's always been. You know, I mean, he's, he's doing a bit that he has written to political prominence. I, d- um, I don't know that he cared about, like, I would assume that he, he never had, like, a great fondness for, yeah, I guess it's probably, I was going to say that I, the immigration stuff feels, like, somewhat new because he wasn't, like, blasting it from the rooftops as his primary message the way that he did once he started campaigning, 
But then there is all those complaints of like him, you know, not allowing certain kinds of people to rent his buildings. So I guess he probably always was that way. Just, you know, didn't make sense to talk about it into public until he... <laughs> Think about that for a second, Jake. The only thing that like encouraged public racism was when he entered politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all fine before him. Uh, but yeah, for him personally, that's when he decided we could just out and out say this. I mean, you know, there's obviously the other ones like the Central Park Five and him That's saying true. that he saw uh, Muslim Americans celebrating from in New Jersey from his like balcony in, on 9-11, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I, I suppose could have been true, but I think pretty unconfirmed. Um, but I don't really think he cares about any of that stuff, like cares about it, cares about it. I just think he's... You know, I mean, I do think he's a racist, but I think more than anything, he's just a, he's self-interested and that's really the same as it was before. I mean, he's not. But you're right. With, it's fucking crazy what Rudy's done. Like, he was a steady, you know, like, amazing, like, one, like I, 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 I had an idea that, like, you know, the, the, all the stuff about stop and frisk, for sure, I was aware of, and, you know, that, like, people would, uh always credit him with like he cleaned up new york which always is kind of a problematic like you know uh okay if you mean that literally that's that's cool i'm I'm for the city being more hygienic but i'm worried you might have other meanings (laughs) yeah and i definitely didn't know any of that back then i mean even if i knew i thought it was cool because it's like well politicians are supposed to make things better yeah and i'm I used to be afraid of New York and now my family can go here. Um, I don't, I don't recall ever him being like this unhinged. Like he's just fucking gone, dude. Yeah. I mean, he was like, what? He was America's mayor and he's on SNL all the time. And yeah. That's, that's in the movie. First I have pitch. to stop my daughter from being ruined by America's mayor. <laughs> <laughs> but as we know from highlighting this before, and not, I don't want to totally say that what happens to somebody in their marriage is indicative of just who they are as a person. It's hard. I get it. But I mean, dude, he's got some real rough uh, looks on the on the marriage and divorce front, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like whenever he married his cousin. He did marry his cousin. <laughs> also in the movie. Is it? <laughs> yeah. And I think he's had, you know, he's had a number of, now for a moment, I think I was confusing him with uh, Newt Goofin, because Newt was the one who left his daughter, his wife who was dying of cancer for a mistress. That's right? true. Like, yeah. He yeah. like told her in, in the hospital. Yeah. Um, but Rudy was known for having like ongoing affairs, which he would then leave his wife for and then leave that person for the next person. It's... And that was all like kind of happening while he was becoming the famous, lovable New York guy. So, like the maybe SNL it's just a after sign 9/11. of it, we didn't care as much. They had one person that I mean, actually not one because he had a bunch of firefighters behind him. But there's yeah. one speaking part in the fucking first SNL after 9/11, like the the TV event that is supposed to like you know try to like fix this, you know, like bring it, put the pieces back together as best we possibly can. And it's him standing there talking, dude. And now that guy's fucking on film trying to fuck (laughs) 24 year olds. 
So and, you know, there... like not even that. Like I, I would still probably hold his uh, 2016 RNC speech as perhaps more insane than uh, than anything else. That one's uh, it's a true banger. I uh, I think we need to go back and rewatch it at some point. Uh, I read Pete's tweet about this, Pete Friedman, because um, he also had an article today about like, and I do remember whenever we were thought we were thinking that Cohen, at least in some form, had been at the state fair. Mm-hmm. Is it? Are we gonna, am I going to feel bad about the state fair? The Texas state fair? Yeah. Uh, if 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 that was Lampoon in the film, I missed it. Okay. Uh, Pete said. While leftist Twitter is really going to blow this Borat thing by turning it into something it's not, parentheses, Rudy taking a bribe and knowingly having sex with an underage girl, neither of which is true in the scene, and undermine its very real and unethical and gross complications and implications. I've seen the scene. It's super gross and fucked up. It's insane. An inner circle member of Trump's takes an interview with an unknown media entity, maskless, mid-pandemic. It's inappropriate how he touches her. It's unacceptable how he reaches into his pants. And that is plenty. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I I don't know if he's saying like that. Maybe his take is that like, look, this is bad. Even if he knew she was 24. (laughs) Um, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I, I just, I would say that, you know, like anytime you like try to put a pin on it by saying things like, uh, you know, reached into his pants or whatever, like I'm not saying that Pete's wrong at all. But I am saying that, like, any attempt to, like, specifically describe it is going to really miss, like, the feeling of the whole thing. I think you just need to watch it from start to finish, like, that scene especially. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying that in order to understand it, you have to see every single joke they make. But that yeah. scene, if you watch it from start to finish, it's just the feeling you're left with. Like, just the things he says throughout, you know, what he does once the interview's over. Like, all that, it just, it builds, like, a clear sense in you. Just, you know, you have instincts as a person. You know what it looks like whenever someone's trying to make their move in the creepiest way possible. That's what you're watching. Do you think there's going to be any sort of, um, because, like, I guess this has come up with Borat before, but it wasn't whenever he was getting people to get close to doing some crimes, but there is always this deal of like, ugh, like the uh, entrapment angle. Like it does seem like there's a lot of people that are like, well, you don't know what you'd say if you didn't know who you were talking to type. You know, that whole bit that you get with because it's like really the complete opposite of what we've talked about before about the uh, the journalistic ethics people that are like, no, you can't lead somebody in this direction or even help them if they're dying because you're a journalist. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's clear enough they're trying to uh, elicit him to do that, but, you know, uh, doesn't mean that you have to. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, you and I couldn't be entrapped in a similar fashion. And the other, but the other thing, too, is that uh, it's almost like it's not going to matter, right? I mean, you have, we've been hit with such a deluge of, of stories regarding stuff like this and and politicians it's easy to forget dude they actually had him on tape two weeks before the election using the term grab him by the pussy Mm -hmm. and nobody cared like at all i cared a lot well nobody cared that was going to vote for him yeah and it would stand to reason that if he talks like that and everything else we know about the guy, like he's almost certainly 
done some unwanted touching like that, like, tons of times. And no one cares. As I told you, I heard from a family member once around that election, maybe the maybe we were a year in at that point, uh, and this older family member's take was, well, I mean, how could he be bad for women? He's had hot women around him forever. That's a great point. You know, I don't know what to say to it. And I don't think it was like a singular take. I think it's something that had probably been discussed over coffee by by women of that age. Well, before um, before I tell you about how bad it sucks when your hands and feet won't stop sweating, mm-hmm. do you want to make a swerve to uh, talking about how this Borat movie might fail because it's just too much Trump and watch a guy doing a Trump video? Yeah, we can do that. Let me load it up here. I think that what's so great about this dude is that I almost feel like the best Trump impression I had ever heard before he became president was Gordon's. Mm -hmm. And Gordon just kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, I I get that. Yeah, for sure I get it. The logic is just, one, it pisses people off, but two, he's doing the bit himself. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing left to make fun of from somebody who's just like, fuck it. What are you going to say about me? They could possibly be funnier. Like I'm now doing the caricature. And I always thought Alec Baldwin sucked. Like the meter of it is just off. I, maybe I just can't stand Alec Baldwin. But the fact that this dude, his name is James Austin Johnson, actor, stand up comedian, pretty young guy. The fact that, I mean, I think it takes balls to even post a Trump impression right now. Yeah. Because the bar you know, it takes is balls are, so you know, high. There definitely are people who just don't have any sense, you know? Yeah, and I guess... Thanksgiving type. Right. But... But accepting that. Guy who's stand-up in L.A. who's like 25, this is a risky play. Like, you don't even really hear anybody do it anymore. And yeah. for a long time, it was like one of the top five most mimic voices in our culture. Yeah. I mean, everybody had one. And everyone just kind of stopped. And then lo and behold, this kid comes through. And I, I know you've seen the uh, the Coolio one. I think him talking about Scooby-Doo is the funniest thing I've seen in some time. Scooby-Doo. 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 They call him Scooby-Doo. They call show Scooby-Doo. But Scooby doesn't do anything. Scooby is not involved Half the time, Scooby's not even involved. He's just a bystander. It's one of the worst deals we've ever had. To call a show Scooby-Doo and then not deliver on Scooby-Doo. This is not a show about a dog sniffing its ass, okay? This is your show up with the mystery team in a van. And they walk around and they do, you know, they, they figure out, you know, mystery. They're solving mystery. And Scooby is not involved in any way, shape, form. Scooby frankly, gets much too much attention, money. We're giving way too much attention to Mr. Scooby, and he's not doing anything. Scooby do, he doesn't do. So we call him Scooby, but he doesn't do. We call him Scooby, but he doesn't do. It's a terrible deal. The show, by the way, if we were talking about who actually was doing anything, solving mystery and helping crime, stopping the bad guys who are really not so bad, if you talk to some of these guys, they just want to remake the world. 
into a better place if it wasn't for these meddlesome kids and their stupid dog. Okay? But we're doing a show about mystery, team. You know, they're solving the mystery. They should call the show Velma. Why don't they call the show Velma? <laughs> Velma's the one doing everything. Fred and Daphne, they're just over there porking in the corner. They're not, do they're not doing any of the making out being unhelpful, okay? Fred just drives. Fred's just the driver. He doesn't drive the plot, and he doesn't drive the mystery, and he doesn't solve the mystery. He just moves the van from place to place, A to B. And it's a very unhelpful thing. We don't even need the van. The van does not play narrative. It does not have narrative role, okay? Other than we can't be doing the same crime in the same place. We need to move on to a new monster. I really can, like, very easily see him saying that at a rally. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, it's not doing fake Trump talking about politics or about like you're not doing an impression of him saying racist stuff it's just these tangents that he goes on and you could definitely see him <laughs> taking issue with hey look fred he doesn't even drive the narrative yeah. he, he does, he's, he's, he's never used the word narrative in his life but uh <laughs> aside from that sure oh god damn it that's funny i did uh man we've been we've been so spotty with our content that we never even talked about the Superman shirt, did we? Uh, I think we did. Did we? Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if we actually, because that was like so. 10 days ago. And then he, uh, you know, the crowds are chanting it now. Superman? Yeah. That's cool. There was one yesterday where people, the crowd just starts chanting Superman, Superman, which is totally normal. Yeah, I, I bet that he feels real regret, as he should, for not following through on that. That's probably, at the end of this, if you could sit him down and get him to be honest, the only thing which he will truly regret. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would love it if you could... Uh, I, I learned from Dog the Bounty Hunter that uh, they give people meth to make them tell the truth. So yeah. uh, they, they, I, I wish they would just feed him a ton of meth so that he could talk like he normally does and, uh, it, and ask him his one regret. I, I think that probably would most likely be it. Uh, before we um, talk about uh, your uh, your your ordeal, um, do you uh, do you want to touch on the other horned up white man in the news? Who is it? Uh, I I'm sorry to report to you that Jeffrey Tubin has taken your title as oh. America's most famous masturbator. Yeah, and boy, you want to talk about a. Just fucking scintillating 48 hours in the take economy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Been a lot and of I news. can't even, I don't really even remember, just about this one in particular, I don't even really remember, like, specifically who was where. Like, I think the Brunigs were basically like, ah, it's gross, but I wouldn't have turned him in. Um, there were a lot of people that, you know, you immediately saw articles that were like, let's be honest, tons of us are masturbating on Zoom. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, dude. So many different people that were like, this can't be just him. Yeah, I and mean, like, aside from right now, I really never do it. Right. And for a while, you took a brief reprieve during the White Sox playoff run. Where I like wasn't masturbating? No. Right. No. Like during the show, because you were watching the show oh, while we, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. we were talking. But yeah. now Other you're right that. back to it. Yeah. Just fucking all day. During Dude, the podcast so specifically. Many, just so many people 
hitting send to their editor and editors saying, mm, this is the good stuff. Yeah. That basically was them admitting to heinous shit. As someone who uh, like doesn't work at all in any <laughs> form or fashion, uh, I hate all this Zoom talk so much in general. Like, I am having to bear the, like, like I just got to hear about all y'all's shit all the fucking time. Like, it's, it's, it's so annoying that people, like, I don't use, like, you know, I use Skype for this, but like, you know, I, it's, it's not like there's something like tied to me getting money where I have to go on Zoom calls and like, so be familiar with like just what it is or, you know, anything else about it. Uh, but just gotta fucking hear people incessantly just making jokes about it. Like they think it's funny. I never want to hear about the whole fucking thing again, dude. It's probably one out of every three SNL sketches. I know. It's I mean, I don't, I, can, I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would say that's been a very fruitful plane for them. Just fucking office whites think that zoom jokes are hilarious and they're not, man. They're really not. But, uh, yeah, no, I, uh... But otherwise, we wouldn't have had Jeff Tubin's dick. <laughs> yeah, well, I I, I kind of, you know... Uh-oh. I think it's fucked up, dude. I think the way that people, like, it's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to him in his entire life, and you feel like he should be punished more? Like, being the most embarrassed you could in your entire life wasn't enough? Uh, you know, it gets tough whenever it's, you just, you you know work is involved, and... It's just shit you can't do at work, man. And I, I don't know that I, I don't know. I mean, he, I don't know. Has he been fired? No. Or just, yeah, but, but I there's, saw the quote. But there's a million CNN people like, calling he, he's for him to take be some, fired. And those yeah, people are I, fucking I psychos. That's my point. Uh, I mean, on one hand, on one hand, as it were, I could see that. But like, if it were actually in an office room, would you say? But it's not. You should I know, okay, but I'm just trying to walk through the 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 logic here. It might couldn't you make if the case if he were jerking off for, in an office bathroom and a coworker walked in, uh, and like you know the door like uh, slid open or whatever, like he he thought that he had shut it, but he was mistaken. I still don't think he should be fired. Then it's a fucking mistake. Like, and it's not a mistake that, like, cost people's lives or, like, you know, affected the company's bottom line in any kind of, like, really noticeable way. It's just like, ah, you know, uh, I was feeling kind of pent up and uh, tried to do it, but whoops, you know, fucking made a boo-boo. Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument is that there are people that are, like, scarred by having to see somebody jack off that's basically a stranger. And even though it's over video and not in person, now I'll tell you what I really wish. Over like, by mistake, he's fucking like trying to shut his computer and instead you end up seeing his dick. Like, I don't know. It's, you know, obviously they have a different experience than mine. uh, And I, you know, I'm trying to be respectful of that. I don't know what it's like to be in their shoes and uh, I don't want to tell them how they're supposed to feel, but it would be surprising to me if you get PTSD from two seconds of someone's dick on a Zoom camera. If you do, I would suspect that there's more going on and that maybe that is the wrong that we would like to correct, more so than Jeffrey Tubin having a poor understanding of when his Zoom screen is and is not on. Yeah, maybe fire those people. <laughs> yes. If someone, fire. If someone commits a rape, I believe they should be fired. Um, so do you think... Uh, 
Do you think if it were a woman, and I'm not trying to do the whataboutism thing, I'm I'm actually asking. I wonder like and how people in the would, meeting would get their luckiest boy medal. Right. And you know, you don't know it was two seconds. I mean, do you? Like I haven't seen any details. I wonder if, if No, it's he probably was, longer than two seconds, but I I don't think that it was like, you know, if they just let him go on for twenty minutes. And then doesn't it also part of the equation is like does anybody on that call think he was like looking at them? Because that that could be problematic for you as well. Uh, I mean, I like I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no. If you're if you're clearly masturbating to coworkers, like to co- the uh, the memory of coworkers, then um, then we're talking about a different deal. I, I, it, I'm happy to acknowledge that. But uh, it might just be irreparable in the office place once we're allowed to go back to an office. Right? They, like they only knew that they could only see his dick because he moved the screen down. Like he was trying to shut the computer, but it didn't like go all the way. So it was still on. So like by the nature of the incident, he couldn't have been masturbating the image of a coworker. He was attempting to uh, not see coworkers anymore. But then let's dig into the mechanics there. Did he have like an iPad up on top of it or is he just going straight memory? Cause Classic. that's classic from memory while you yeah, I no are idea. i know but like maybe he had a playboy in front of him right the women I mean, of enron one specifically but it was up on the wall like i really want to know uh, the main reason i want to see the video is i just want to know how this was happening well i want like, to see the video just because you know it sounds hot yeah show it's me Jeff that Tubin. dick he's got some wild shit uh from a uh yes yeah I, again, this is not me saying Jeff Tubin's a great guy. Uh, what's the story? I think it was like he was trying to convince his mistress to have an abortion or something, and she went public with it. Yeah, he uh, he, being a former lawyer, had a, an understanding of how it would go for him if she had that child. So he was offering, like, if she got an abortion, that he would pay for a sperm donor. So that she could have some anonymous person's <laughs> child, because he knew what? that she wouldn't have that he like if she has his baby and she goes to a judge and is like, yeah, I need some money now. She's gonna get that money. He knows yeah. that, uh, and so he's trying to find some way because I like he he did have I believe some like angry text messages of like you'll never get a penny out of me, you know, and I I don't know just. Really didn't seem interested in the actual human life that was being created here. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what kind of relationship they have now. And it's really none of my business, but, you know, it... Uh, well, it was reported on. As best I can tell, he seems like a piece of shit. Yeah. So after he... Let's see. After it was confirmed with a DNA test that he was the kid's dad, he was ordered to pay child support. I think this is back in like 2008. He refused to pay the full amount. Um, she contacted his employers. He then paid up. He now sees the 13-month-old, as the Daily News called it, look-alike heir. His wife, Amy, comes with them to the park. That's so very he big meets, of her. He meets the woman that he, that he had an affair with at the park with his, his wife, current wife, but I don't think was the wife he was cheating on at the time. 
Maybe. I don't know. These guys just get so much butt, TC. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, if you got to go on CNN every once in a while, maybe you would too. Really thought it was funny that OJ took a shot while he was down. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. <laughs> Damn, Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> Did you forget about me? Because I didn't forget about you. <laughs> I knew one day you would masturbate in, on camera in a technology that did not exist at the time I was mad at you, and I will be waiting. Also kind of has the name that most sounds like something like you doing this, right? Like if there was a term for jerking off, but yeah, it was... Tubining is like, uh, that's, right. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's already a part of the uh, fabric of our lives. Yeah, and now you know it could just be forever his. Um, what, I, what I was saying about the the female thing is is not so much that you know. Oh, what if it were a woman? What aboutism? I just am interested to see how people react. And there have been a lot of people who have kind of come to his defense again, as it were. And I wonder if it was a woman because you feel I like most part, people have come to his defense. I, I guess no, maybe maybe I should. Uh, adjust my perceptions of the takes then because i i I mainly interacted through it with uh liz brunin getting into arguments with people on twitter and in every one of those there's like hundreds of people in the mentions being like yeah i think the public execution is the only route here yeah so it's really hard to tell like where people are on these things if you see five articles that are i will admit on their face when you first see them kind of shocking because there are people who are coming to the defense of a, of a guy in this spot. And there's something implicit when you do that, I think, about saying, well, I could see myself making that mistake. I so mean, I don't know. we all masturbate. Like, isn't yeah. it your greatest fear that you end up masturbating in, in some kind of situation like this? Well, it's, it's interesting because I've always thought that the multitask was just the weirdest thing in the world to me. Yeah, like I mean, I'm you know, more so those... than you. I, I need to block off an hour, you know, kind of put some candles on. Right. Like really, uh, really set a vibe. So I, it would be right fucking out. The idea of uh, trying to jerk it while, uh, while I'm on, in a meeting doing an election simulation. What a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> you could almost see that is a funny part of it, too, isn't it? It's kind of the most damning thing. I'd fire yeah. them for that. <laughs> this is what you people do with your time. We got one of the, one of the you know I, I don't want to like uh, say that he himself his legal opinions are so advanced but I've I've read books he's written he is very good at like laying something out and like his, oh yeah his writing is very clear um, his uh, his book on the 2000 election recount and uh, a vast conspiracy his book about the uh, Lewinsky scandal are you know if you're trying to like just get you know, a retelling of the facts uh, in a way that is understandable, both in that you get nice detail, but also have a, an understanding of the bigger picture. You know, I, I recommend them, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that like, like, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm riding and dying. Like my, uh, my big opinion thought leader is Jeffrey Tubin. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think anyone should be fired for masturbating. Obviously, that's not a defensible position, but I'd like it to be. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I feel kind of talked out on this after we did it on the show today, but I got well, sick. But, but, sorry. I, 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 can we talk about parks for a second? Because you were talking about the kids hanging out in the park, and I, it's, it's big on my mind. 
we could we could <laughs> sure. certainly still talk about your uh, your illness and not trying to preclude it. But I feel like once we talk about the illness, if then I go ask to go back to parks, that's yes, gonna be tough. I, I would agree that would be in poor taste. Okay. Uh how often you take your kid to the park, my man? Um probably three times a week. Yeah, maybe more. See, I just I imagine you and most of the other dads I know. Like it's hard for me to to figure them just being like I ain't going to the fucking park. It's one of the it's my favorite part of uh of of my day whenever I'm watching the kid is to take uh take her to the park. It's fucking great. It is delightful, over the top, amazing. But uh, she's a year and a half old. We've been going on to the park for a regular basis. Certainly not in the first couple months. Not much to do at the park then. But I feel like it was last. It's probably been about a year probably been about a year that we've been trying to force the park thing because whenever we were first taking her like it was obviously useless like she couldn't walk right we just you know we wanted to do it because it's like a place for kids and you know wanted to see what this is all about now she just fucking rocks and rolls she's doing great it's it's wonderful but so i've been going to the park for a full year on a regular basis with my child and today the year of our lord 2020 october 21st is the first time i saw a grown male also at the park yeah, I I think that squares with my my opinion on it. I mean, ours is kind of more of a big playground that's like walking distance. We do also sometimes go to the actual park that has all sorts of different stuff. And we usually don't see anybody there because it's kind of in a like it's in our neighborhood and it's attached to the school, but the school will let you use it whenever there's not kids there. Yeah, I was wondering about if I'm allowed to just walk on to the elementary school, because that would be the closest park to our house. I think you are. Well, I mean, ours is pretty clearly delineated on a sign that open for public except for these hours. Now, they also have like a badass football field and Mm -hmm. uh, basketball courts that have sport court, which is great. And those are closed. Okay. So uh, you're not allowed to use those. They make and it I guess very the clear, times like, when I'm taking her, it's usually like uh, it's it's in the middle of the day. So I'm sure that that contributes to why. Like if mm-hmm. I were going at, at Saturday at noon, I'd probably see more dads than I do. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I I would not be able to uh, to to take her to the elementary school park while that elementary school is in session. That makes sense to me. Man, I remember a couple of uh, it's probably been almost a year, but whenever we were in Fort Worth. And I was still, because she was small enough, able to do the dog walk with the stroller every morning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it would, you know, I need to kill some time before either my mom or her mom came to the house and needed to still get the dog walked. And I remember saying that on the air and like, I think Bob, but maybe not just Bob, maybe some P1s too were like, that's really weird you do that. like Walk a dog and a baby at the same time? Basically, like I think they were saying, I only ever see women walking with a stroller. And after that, I kind of then noticed they were pretty much right. Like I never really paid attention on my walks because I was just kind of like, let's put in headphones and keep the dog out of the street. But after that, I did realize I was just about the only dude doing it in our neighborhood. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying on on this uh, this yeah. park thing. As far as you know, people taking kids to the park at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, it's 100 percent female. Uh, but I don't know. I I, I I I don't. I'm not bothered by that really. Like, it's more of a thing of like, 
you know, I just want to tell the dads, like, you're missing out. This fucking rules. Uh, yeah, more for you, though, am I right? <laughs> Dude, uh, you know, if, if I had a taste for, uh, you know, 55-year-old uh, Hispanic nannies, I would, I would just be swimming in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. You just you make sure you close the little gate on the deal, and she just goes nuts. Now, there are certainly parts of the park um, that can become a beating, like whenever they only want to do one thing the whole time. What if that thing is the swings, Jake? What then? I could deal with that, but whenever it's just up and down the slide and we don't really have the ability to, to get up the slide by ourselves, oh, you know, okay. a- around the way and up the steps, so it's just me picking her up, putting her back on the top, and then if we want to try to maybe move over to something else, we get, get a little tantrum, but... No, my, my little minor. lady wanted, I swear to God, 45 minutes straight of a swing time one time like i, I would every five i'd give it you know stop and see and just you know i'd kind of like move my hands towards her armpits and it would just be fucking shrieking and i'd be like all right all right more swing maybe one day she can be in the x games <laughs> i guess so dude i think that's speed. in the cards like you know there's a stark difference between me and her mom on the uh taste for the extreme uh the roller coasters and the whatnot and uh it's pretty clear she's not on her mom's side of things she uh she's got a real real hankering for you know being spun around thrown in the air that sort of stuff uh you know likes likes to get likes to get that brain rattled uh speaking of having your brain rattled how about that segue yeah, I just wanted to spend a minute on this just because, like, I know I don't know if you've ever – have you known and, like, talked at length with someone who got the, the, the Wuhan? Just you. Okay. That's kind of what I thought because I didn't really have anyone before this either, which is really weird. Dan's made that point a couple times of, like, you know it's a big deal, but you don't talk to people often that have it. But then again, <clears throat> his his – reasoning is always okay yeah but i don't know anybody who's died of cancer this year but i know that's killing a lot of people so i'm not sure that i have any sort of public service here for you other than to just say my god this can suck (laughs) yeah it seems like it sucks uh (sighs) in case anyone's having a real hard time putting the dots together uh, that's why we've been so spotty with uh, episode releases. Not exclusively. Work calls have also been an issue. But uh, pri- primarily uh, the, the, the health uh, related to the uh, coronavirus. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I would love to hear you talk more about uh, the mental stuff. Yeah, I mean, I did not really know that you could get so dizzy. And once you start getting dizzy and you have nausea, <clears throat> now you're either throwing up or... Because you have very little appetite, you're just dry heaving for several straight minutes and it feels like your brain oh. is falling out of your head. Oh, fuck. And yeah, I didn't have any appetite for a couple days. And it was really only back back like yesterday, days after being negative and definitely at least two weeks after contracting, if not more. So yeah, once you get to a point where if you start standing up, you get dizzy. If you talk too much, you get dizzy for me anyways um and then yeah the throwing up that came with it like i had no idea that there was such a i don't know if the term is neurological but like even just feeling like tingling in my arms you know just stuff that feels like 
when you get hit in the head, not whenever you have something attacking your immune system. And then, of course, after that, I read a lot about it, and it may be not as common as the other symptoms, but it definitely is one. And there was an article, I think it's been a week and a half now, where people were talking about like how they feel like they have dementia afterward. Mm. I think it was a New York Times article, so who knows? But <laughs> okay. like, pe- pe- just people saying that like they felt they didn't feel right mentally afterward. Uh, here it's called "How Brain Fog Plagues, plagues COVID Nineteen Survivors," and that's basically the way I would describe it: is that I was deep in brain fog, like where I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel right, and the more I would talk, the more I would not feel right. And it just was like a neurological thing that I was not really expecting. And then on top of that, you know, as you're laying there and you're feeling dizzy and you're feeling like you need to throw up and you're feeling tired, you also start on the mental side of things feeling just um, bummed. Yeah. Yeah. I I heard you talking about that and, you know, I don't know, um, probably not going to be able to take you from the, take this from you today, but like, it's no one's fault for being sick ever, man. Like, I know you know it, but like, I don't know. I I, I felt strongly compelled to tell it to you, you know, like e- even if like uh, the, like the chain uh, was such that it was clear that you were the link of how this got introduced. Um, even then, like it's, it's not like uh, catching a virus is a moral failing. I feel like that's a, a, a really bad part about the way that it gets talked about sometimes of like the, you know, like on the one hand, uh, it is good to wear a mask and like you should do it. And the consequences, if you don't like can be very bad, but on the other hand, like it, it doesn't mean that like you're fucking Hitler too. If you don't wear a mask, like, I don't know, people got stuff going on. Like just, just ever, ever and try and love each other. And, uh, <laughs> I, with you, I would say that that starts with loving yourself, you know, like, uh, you, it's not like you're a bad person for catching the virus, you know? No, and I don't feel that way, you know, too much now, but whenever you're really curled up in a ball or your, you know, your family is, at least your wife is sick and Dan is sick, it's it's just your mind goes to like, man, what did I do wrong here? I do just look at the timeline though. and I, So establishing clearly that no one did anything wrong and that no one should feel any guilt whatsoever, um, you just tell me about the, the timeline of those symptoms. I kind of seems like your wife brought it into the whole deal. Uh, it's certainly possible. Now, I feel like I was um, experiencing like, you know, runny nose before she had anything. But again, I don't even know that that was part of this. Yeah, I, I, I kind of suspect that it wasn't, me. dude. Like, because yeah. it is so common. Like, you can have both. It's both, dude. <laughs> but it's both, dude. Um, so that that that's part of it. Um, but even with her... You know, she hasn't really done anything. She She's definitely gone and eaten outside with friends. But I mean, and I know there are some people who think that that's insane. And those people are probably right. No, I think eating um, outside seems like a pretty straightforward, low-risk activity to me. Yeah, but... Pretty much anything outside, like, seems... I don't know, whatever. And that's I'm all we've done. Uh, other than, yeah, we did take a flight three months ago, or whenever that was, about three months ago, two and a half yeah, months ago. Yeah, that wasn't where she got it. And also, as I saw... Uh, this last week, Boeing has put out a study saying, look, you can't get it on a plane. So, 
Well, I, before, before Boeing did that, uh, there, we did see that article, like just, it was indicating that like their air, cause planes are already aware that they're running the same air through and that that air could have germs in it. Like that's, that's something that's on their radar prior to this. And so they have like filtration systems on the flight to attempt to scrub the bacteria out of the air before they feed it back to you. And, you know, it, it, it seems like they've been pretty effective. Like that it's it's performed as expected and, you know, people getting sick on flights has been more rare than I would have guessed it was. Definitely. Definitely. And then again, that was like a really well, quite some time ago. So uh, it could have been, but none of our in-laws tested tested positive, which was the weirdest part because we thought, all right, we do still have to be around them. You know, they're around her. We know that the transmission rate for little kids is pretty small. So that part of it still messes me up a little bit, not having more clarity on, on how it all unfolded. But it is nice to know, like, because, you know, you, you called me whenever you tested positive and uh, I, you know, was doing the math in my head. We it had been about a week before that, that we had been together for the uh, the debate show that we did. Yeah. <clears throat> And, you know, we were sitting outside when we were close together, and we did hang out for a little bit inside afterwards, but I think that we were about six feet apart during that. Like, you were on, yeah. you know, one side of the couch, I was on the chair in the other side of the room. Um, but, you know, I, I was I was concerned enough that I found, like, a 24-hour ER place and uh, got, a, got a test, like, you know, at fucking 11 at night. Um, but, you know, thank, thankfully that came back negative and I've been feeling fine. Certainly I would feel sick by now if, uh, if I'd caught it from then and I don't. So, yeah, but and you know, just when I'm going through that, like I, I'm in my head, like, yeah, so we just need to act like I've got it. Cause I, I do like in, in my, in my heart, I was like, yeah, you, yep. you have it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, once she was after testing negative, once she was positive, I was pretty sure it was going to happen, but I'm like, you know what? And I'm so stupid that I was like, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to plow ahead. Like, I don't have any symptoms right now. I'll just get up tomorrow, like, be totally normal, you know, start prepping early. And then it's just that would be if I had like one bit of advice to people. It, I would say, like, if you test positive, you should almost, and you're asymptomatic, you should almost treat yourself as symptomatic. And I don't mean by that, like, that you don't leave your house. Obviously, you can't leave your house during that time. But I would say, even like, don't push it. Yeah. Like if you're somebody who exercises or you're like going a lot at work, if you can, if you test positive, even if you feel nothing, don't do shit. Like basically treat it as like you're sick, which I know would be really hard, but I think that was a problem for me in the first couple of days. Is I was like, hey, I'm fine. Let's go. Like I'm going to carry the family right now and Dan's sick so I can carry the show and I'm going to like, you know, still go – and, you know, exercise in the garage and shit like that. It, dude, that was dumb on my part. And I didn't know that, you yeah. you know. But no, I mean, you know, expending, I, expending energy, you will have to pay for. Like at the, at the you know, before uh, it all came crashing down, I, I loved checking in with you. And you'd be like, you know, just threw up the big plates, lifting big time weight, dude. Yeah. I was, you know, I was trying to make light of it, but yeah, it, it, I would just say, just chill, like take, take, take at least a week and do, don't do anything like do the bare minimum. Because I think even if you're asymptomatic, like if you keep trying to like live normally, I think that can be bad. So I don't know that that was probably not a great decision on my part, but 
It feels really weird, dude. And I'm so, sure we'll talk about it more in the future. Were you saying that your body was like having trouble responding to commands? Yeah. Like you could like, like get specific there. Like you couldn't like raise your hand or something uh, like that. Yeah. And there would be times where it felt like I was like, Oh, I need to turn my head. And it was almost like the way I would describe it is it's like I was watching myself try to do it and it not working. Or I would like want to talk and it would just sound weird to me. And Ugh. that happened. That went on for like three days. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the, that and then like just tingling, you know, in my extremities and stuff that. um, And then now I'm to the point where. I think I need to, you know, I was actually scheduled for a physical this week. I think I rescheduled for next week. I'm going to have them do like the everything blood work and just be like, okay, there were a couple times where my brain was like literally static. <laughs> I'd like to find out if there's any reason why this is, this happened to me and it probably won't be, but you know, the, the feeling like you're having a seizure that's yeah. uh that's that's something that's never happened to me before. So pretty weird, man. And now all I really have is just extremely sweaty hands and feet. Yeah, you know, some people live with that uh just in general. Are you a foot sweater? No, no. I mean I'm I'm not a sweater pretty of normal. any kind. Uh that's true. I guess I don't really ever see you sweaty. But I uh I went to school with a guy who uh either his hands would be like cracked. And like, you know, as dry as you've ever seen human skin, because yeah. it had been sweating, but it like it stopped or it would be like he could, he could put his hand on a piece of paper and the paper would just like come up with his hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, like we uh, have, I don't know if you have any of that, like, um, form like art sand for Izzy. It's like, it's little, like you can make little sand castles with it, but it's the craziest consistency because it doesn't stick to anything hmm. other than itself. So, like, it's really easy to just put it back in the bag. It never sticks to your hands when you're playing with it. You can just put, like, little castles or crab on it or whatever that makes a little design. Like, I was putting it up this morning, and yeah. <laughs> you just couldn't, couldn't do anything with it? It, it was all just stuck to my hand. I'm like, good <laughs> yeah. lord. Like, I'm not hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm just still sweating profusely I, I hope this ends up being a a permanent thing because the the most fun thing about that guy's deal is uh you could uh you could trigger it if, if you if you so wanted to like if you just started talking about it his, oh you're like uh, an x-man his hands would sweat profusely <laughs> um anyways uh i, I know we're uh, reaching towards the end here but i do have uh, another thing i would like to talk about uh you know i was Seeing you go through this corona stuff and, you know, you're like uh, at the center of, you know, the big story everyone's talking about. And I was feeling left out, you know. I was like, I feel like some of that attention, I wish that I had that. Sure, so, I, I identify with that. Uh, so I went to the World Series game one last night. Just do <laughs> do my best to, uh, to, to catch a little case myself. So we, you know, have, it would make the podcast better. We could have a discussion, you know, two people on even footing, both talking through their own experiences with symptoms. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've been to the ballpark now. Do you want to hear about the ballpark? Sure. Uh, you know, 
I tend to be pretty positive about stadiums. Like, for example, I really, really like Cowboy Stadium and the entire ticket station spends all of their time trashing it and saying about how it's terrible. So I have no way of predicting how everyone else is going to feel, but that place is incredibly fucking cool, man. Yeah, it pains me to acknowledge that just from what I've seen, you're probably right. I mean, we we talked extensively on here about it whenever it was a ballot initiative, and like this is not me saying I was wrong about that. Uh, it's a dumb use of money. The city of Arlington is not going to get a good return on their investment. Their citizens would be much better served by using the perfectly functioning ballpark next door. And like I don't know, as as I said, whenever that was uh, initially, you know, in the news or whatever. Um, I love the ballpark, like the, you know, the, the one that opened in 1994. Uh, I remember the first time I went, like in the opening season, I've got all kinds of memories going there. And now that I have a daughter, it's, I, I do not like that, uh, her experiences of the ballpark will take place in a different one than mine, but I don't know. I could either like just hold on to those feelings as tightly as possible and just be like, this place fucking sucks and I hate that it exists. And I don't know, even walking in, I do feel some of that, you know, like I, I, I can't purge it entirely, but I just feel like a better way to live is like, you know, I don't live in Arlington. Uh, the fact that they did all this uh, dumb shit with their money, it, it uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it doesn't affect me, and it's like I couldn't change it if I wanted to. I did want to, you know. Like we did yeah. our best. We uh, we did podcasts urging people not to vote for it, um, but uh, you know they they didn't listen to us. They built it anyways, and now we've got this amazing thing here. So might as well make the make the best of it. And uh, just the integration with Texas Live, like how close it is to Texas Live, is really fucking cool. Um, that that entire like area with the uh, the big columns. Like the, that's, that's where it's, uh, where it opens up into the Texas live and like just that, that whole thing. I don't know. It's just awesome walking around. You're just like looking up the entire time and you can see down onto the field. Uh, it's got the same thing as Cowboy stadium where whenever you walk into like the, you know, the surface level that, uh, the, the playing surface is down quite a bit. Uh, I would say this is even like noticeably more than Cowboy stadium, um, which I always like that effect and it's, uh, it's done that way, um, you know, in part to, uh, help the sight lines of the, uh, the furthest seats. It just allows them to like, uh, build it at a, a steeper grade and, uh, our seats were, you know, I mean, it's the world series trying not to go for, you know, we're not, not spending thousands of dollars a ticket here. Um, and so we were, you know, pretty much the last row of the upper deck and, uh, so I, I, I have a, uh, you know, a, a pretty clear idea of what the, uh, the, what the worst seats in the venue are like, and they're fucking great. Like I, I felt on top of things. I felt very close to the action. Uh, I, just the way that they laid it out, every seat in there is very good. Um, the, the, the bit of, uh, have you heard about Chuck Morgan's area? Yeah. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking awesome. I had not seen the pictures and just like walking by it. I'm like, holy shit there's chuck morgan like it's it, it looks like an office there's like a drop ceiling and everything but it's uh it's just like in the middle it's it reminded me of the uh the joe and troy booth in cowboy stadium um uh, you know similar kind of like a uh, spot relative to the action uh but yeah it was it was amazing i i'm i'm really hyped about you know uh going there on a regular basis whenever it is uh reasonable to do so 
Um, and then the uh, the final thing is whenever we were just kind of, you know, got there early and walking around and trying to find food and everything, walking through the concourse, um, I was I, I saw a dude like pop out of the suite level and I was kind of staring him down, like uh, wondering if that is who I think it is. And I turned to Daniel and he also was doing the same thing. I'm pretty sure I saw Rob Manfred. So don't know if you want to touch me. Have any questions? <laughs> I, was, I was there breathing the same air as baseball commissioner Rob Manfred. You're the worst. No, I, I think I was, worst. I was quite worried about whenever they showed the, uh, the initial renderings, it did look like the Astros stadium. You remember that yeah. dialogue? Oh, for sure. Um, having seen a world series game in both now, I, I, it doesn't have that feel whenever you're in it. It's, it's not like you're going to be overcome. Cause I, I felt it whenever I looked at the pictures, uh, like the renderings, I was like, yeah, that really does look like minute made. Um, but, uh, I don't. I don't think that would occur to you if you're just sitting in the seats looking out at it. Um, as far as how MLB handled Corona, you know, it is nice that everything was. Uh, all the seats were spread out. You know, I mean, you can see that on TV. Um, their mask enforcement, I thought, was good. I saw very few people who uh, who weren't wearing masks. And I mean, if they did, uh, it was because they like. Like, I think when you're walking around in the concourse, they wanted you to have them on no matter what. Like, just wait till your seats to uh, drink your beer or whatever. And I, I saw a couple people drinking beers, but like they, had, you know, had the mask still looped on their ears doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the uh, <clears throat> the big failing was uh, the concession lines, dude. Like there was signs everywhere saying stand six feet apart. There was not one single person in those concession lines standing six feet apart. They were standing like it was a normal concession line. So, That's what Blake uh, said from the round before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if I were them, I would really do something else, like make it so that it's online ordering so that you can just like walk up and grab and you're not congregating there. I think that there's no way that you're just going to get that through. Like I, you're not going to get compliance by just asking people nicely to stand farther apart. Um, like they had a lot of staff there, you know, doing their best to enforce everything. Um, and uh, I, I just don't think that that's a, a viable solution. I, I would find some way to do the food differently if I was uh, very concerned about uh, trying to, uh, to stop the spread of the virus. But I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I, I like the Dodgers a good bit. Uh, whenever I went to Dodger Stadium, I very much enjoyed it. Clayton Kershaw being from here is a factor. I just like the way they run their team. I think that they, you know, have a smart front office. Um, and I just like to see success rewarded with a title. You know, whenever a team's been good for a long time, I like to see them uh, break through. So it was fucking great. I, I definitely wanted them to win, and then they, uh, they they had quite a performance. So it was an amazing night, and I uh, I, I ballpark two thumbs up. So, so, but both here and in Minute Maid, you're still watching baseball. That is true. Okay. So they're similar in that regard. Both watching baseball in Texas. Okay. So I just didn't know if that would still be part of the deal. Is that I have to you know watch baseball? <sighs> You know what? I don't think you deserve the ballpark. I'm gonna. You know what? I I'm don't. Gonna talk you're to right. Groobs. Yeah. He's, he's gonna make it so you can't go in. Yeah, I could get banned like you did once from the old place. <laughs> well, wasn't banned from. It's, it's all always got to be of one of us. <laughs> ban, there's, there's no. The there's no venue in DFW that both of us are allowed to. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go to the park. Yeah. Enjoy. Later. 
That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.